0: Come and um, find a little posse. And um, yeah, this morning, we are free is our first song. And how exciting that we can celebrate our freedom, that we can rejoice in our freedom. Yeah.
1: words, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Father, we thank you for the freedom we have in Jesus. Father, we thank you that we can enter your gates with thanksgiving and come into your courts with praise. And Lord, we're here this morning to worship you. Lord, to give of all that we have, every aspect of my being, our beings, to praise you, to worship you, to glorify you. So, Father, I pray this morning there'll be no holding back, but Lord will be pressing in to see you, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and everyone said, Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you. Great to see you this morning. Give your neighbor a high five as you take a seat. You're looking really good this morning. Thank you, Sheridan. You're looking good, church. Well, that's really responsive. You're looking good. Good. Thank you. And I think I look all right too, just by the way, if I'm allowed to say that. Hey, welcome. We give you a very warm welcome this morning. If this is your first or second time to activate church, welcome. Church, can we put our hands together to welcome our visitors this morning? Great to have you with us. As you leave the auditorium this morning, as you go through the doors, on the right-hand side there is... Host table there where you'll see a white pack. Take one, it's got some details there. A free coffee card. We'd love to get to know you. Some details about the church. So feel free to help yourself to that. So who's had a birthday or a wedding anniversary over the last week? Any birthdays? Wedding? Wow, Dave and Anne, congratulations! Fantastic. Any other wedding anniversary? Brian and Andrea. Wow, fantastic. No birthdays? here we go fantastic so how many years for you guys six, six and brian and andrea 30 i don't believe that you must have been married when you were five <laughs> okay church 15 well congratulations awesome church let stand with me as we pray this prayer of blessing father thank you for your family we declare blessing health favor prosperity and protection over them this year activate your love and goodness through each one in jesus name amen let's give them a big hand that is fantastic well i've got some really really great highlights for you this morning are you ready for these these are fantastic things that are happening in the life of Activate Church. They really, really are. We have a men's breakfast next Saturday, 7 a.m. It's going to be fantastic. So men, can I encourage you to come? Come with your teenage sons. It's going to be an awesome time. Wonderful topic to work through and discuss. That's really, really good. Isn't that cool? So fantastic. They do need to be there indeed. And there's going to be pancakes and other exciting food and bacon Shane Willard is going to be with us on Saturday the 14th of May from 10am to 3pm Shane is an outstanding Bible teacher and he's going to be really focusing and helping our young adults and professional but it's for all ages and I really encourage you to come because he has some great insight to some of the challenging questions about life today as you've come in I trust you've got a May newsletter some wonderful information there And guess what's happening throughout the months of April and May? We are into missions. Isn't that an amazing thing? Of all the things we do through the year, this is a time when we focus on missions. And there's three cards I want to draw your attention to. The first one, a very important one, is in the seat pocket in front of you. It says my faith commitment card. This is your opportunity to exercise your faith, to partner with one another, what's happening in global missions around the world. And so whether you partner with making a faith commitment of $5 a week or 500, doesn't really matter. It's about being involved together. We're a family that's making a difference in our world by sharing the good news of Jesus. And this takes finances. It doesn't happen by accident. It takes prayer and it takes people that are willing to go to share the good news of Jesus. So as a sending church, can I encourage you, let's all be involved in this. If Activate is your church, then you need to be part of this. You really, really do. Look at this flash card. Wow. I like flash colours like that. Very, very good. There's some prayer points. Pray for those. And on this card with the balloons is your opportunity to write to our missionaries all around the world. Some people really took this on board last week or over the last few weeks and have written wonderful cards to the burdens. We've got piles this high. But Kay's over there and she's only got two or three. So I need this morning us to write heaps and heaps of cards to Kay because if these cards turn over there and she goes to the burdens, how many cards have you got? And they go, well, we've got truckloads. And she goes, well... I've only got three. She won't feel very good about that. So let's make her feel really good today by filling out lots and lots of cards for Kay. So that will be really, really good. Well, it's my pleasure to invite Beth. She's gonna talk about our community link in the hood.
2: Hey. Well, it's quite cool that it's the 1st of May, May month of missions, and I get to talk to you about a local mission that we're doing in our community, which is really, really cool. So Community Link have had a real win. We have been accepted into Good in the Hood with Zed, Petrol Station, and that's thanks to Anne and Fran and all the hard work that the team have been doing. So it's awesome. It's I'm going to be at Z5 Crossroads, which is our local petrol station. And it's going to be raising the profile of Community Link. So there's a way that we can get involved as a church and really support. It's just by popping past and putting some fuel in, grabbing a token and voting. It's a simple voting box. There's a few charities and the charity that gets the most votes gets the most money. So that's really cool. Plus if our box looks full, everyone's going to check us out. And um, we've got our new, brand new Community Link website that's gonna be live this week, um, by the end of the week. So that's gonna tie in with that mission too. So I really wanna encourage you, if you wanna stop for a pie on the way home and no petrol, that's okay too, you still get a token. Get involved and vote and help Let's Raise Our Profile in the community because it's a mission for us as a church. There's so many things Community Link do that apply to you and I that we can be part of as well for us, but it's also for our community and it's just such an awesome opportunity to raise the profile, particularly in the month of May. So, um, yeah, get involved.
1: Awesome. Thank you, Beth. So there you go. Buy a pie or some petrol and put a chip in for community link, that would be fantastic. Well, it's my pleasure to invite Sally. Sally's on the missions team. Let's give her a hand as she comes and shares about missions prayer teams.
0: Thanks, Ray. Yep, I'm Sally, and I've been at Activate Church for 12 years, and I've been 11 years on the missions team. Yay. So if you'd said to me, oh, first of all, I want to teach you a game. I teach my kids this. This helps with um, Keeping them focused, and I know that you're focused because whoever's got the beanbag, you've got eye contact with them. So I'm holding it and I'm expecting I can see, great, I've got everybody's eye contact on me. So watch where the beanbag goes because that's where your eyes will need to go too. So I um, lead a prayer group and I also attend a prayer group. Through these prayer groups, um, I'm building relationships with not only the people that we're praying for, but the people within the group as well. It increases my faith and my hope. Because there's a sharing of our prayers and I'm going to share some stories with you Um, but it also gives me some stories to share with other people and that's been really exciting and I also discovered God actually uses me he gives me pictures and the person beside me might be praying some words but I've already got the picture in my head and that's no coincidence And that reminds me how special I am to God and how he uses me and he uses the other person as well. So together, we're working for God and supporting our missionaries. So if you'd said to me 14 years ago that I was going to be standing in front of the big church talking about prayer groups, I would have said, no way. Prayer groups, they're boring. And they're for old people. I'm not old, am I, Ray? (laughs) No, no. And I'm not boring. <laughs> so because I have a relationship um, through attending prayer groups, I ended up going to China last year. And that was not boring. It was exciting. Um, we support uh, Grant and Vicky McAllister in Hong Kong. And their pre contact is um, Julie and Colin Hanum. And yep, that's Grant on the left and then Julie and Colin in the middle and then that's Mike on the right. So I want to share with you a wee story because at our prayer group um, about six weeks ago, they were in desperate need for an apartment. They were staying in like a backpackers and they had a little room and it cost them three times their rent of an apartment in China for that little room. So we were Skyping with Grant and he told us about this, that he needed, they needed an apartment for a certain time frame. And so after we'd Skyped, we prayed about it. At 3am the next morning, we got an email saying that somebody that they'd had contact with um, some time ago, their apartment wasn't big enough for the wife to do quilting. And they had another apartment that she did quilting in. And if they were happy, they could have that apartment as long as they didn't mind the wife going to and fro to do her quilting. And they could have it for free. And they could have it for the time frame that we'd been praying for. I know about that story because I attended a prayer group. That's that's what's exciting. It's not boring. So that was Mike. Where's Mike? Catch the beanbag, Mike. Eyes on Mike. He's got the beanbag. Stand up, Mike. (laughs) <laughs> Focused, well done. Okay, so Mike, he runs a prayer group for Belgium for Kay Fickling and Andy and Karen Burton and it meets every second Wednesday of the month and now you know who to get in contact with. Okay, the next slide. So. I'm the contact person for um, Christine and Andy Harding. This was a selfie on their way to the airport. Um, Christine leads OMF that serves Southeast Asia. And I host the prayer meeting. And last year, one of Christine's family members had um, some tests done and it looked like they had lung cancer. They decided to get a second opinion. They had tests done with that specialist. It was completely clear. I know about that because I attend the prayer group. Those are the stories I get to know and pray for, and then I can share, and that's exciting. We support Peter and Well. Wow. This is them arriving in Auckland Airport earlier this year. They serve in Thailand. Their pre meeting is the second Monday of the month, and our contact person, is Graham Fullerton. Catch the beanbag, Graham. Oh, oh, it was a thrower, not the catcher's fault. So that's Graham. So he's the contact person for the prayer meeting. Cool. See, I play it lots with my kids. Now, that's um, a house church meeting a couple of weeks ago at Nong Ping village. We have our youth team, going to, youth team going to Thailand in April 2017. So if you're a part of this prayer group, you're gonna hear about that journey as well and be praying for, for Peter and Wow and the villages that they work with and the villages that our team is going to be working with. We have Rob and Ria in, serving in Indonesia. Their um, prayer meeting is the third Monday of the month. And the contact person for that is Mike Atinian. Now I came to Eastside uh, 12 years ago. My second week here, sorry, activate. <sighs> Phew, forgiven. Um, the second day I was here, and I wouldn't have called this my church then because I was it was my only my second weekend in Hamilton. And I remember a guy coming up on the stage, and it was about must have been about the 29th of January, and he said how a prayer group had been meeting here uh, the week before Christmas, and somebody had pictures of rumbling, something to that effect. It's a long time ago, so I'm just trying to remember. And they then prayed about the people and this rumbling. On the 26th of Janu- of December, there was the tsunami. All the people that Rob and Ria... Were working with, the Christians, had made it to high ground and were safe. I got to hear about that. That happened in a prayer group. They prayed for it. Then there was goodness and God protecting those people. It's exciting. The next slide. We have um, Gloria and Pete and they're not here today but they host um, a prayer group for Sheila and Dave Chater who serve in China. Last week we had Anna and Nam here and I was sitting at the back and Anna, as she left the podium, she was saying about the importance of prayer. And I was sitting in my seat and I just felt so convicted that we need to have a prayer group for Anna and Nam. I need somebody, if your heart is beating, I need somebody to partner with so we can work together to make this happen. One of the stories that um, they told me about was um, they're, they're getting villagers to outreach, to share their love, show their love to others and in this village there was somebody that was shunned. Nobody wanted to have anything to do with them, they were set apart. They didn't have a home and the church family decided they would build a home for that person, but they didn't have any money and didn't have any wood. They prayed about it. After a week, a truckload of wood came into the village and a government official, apparently they get every so many years they get given wood to to rebuild their houses, and he didn't need to rebuild his house, and so he organised for that truck to be sent to this village, and there was all the wood for them to bless this shunned person with a new house. That person then had a house, they were then feeling the love. The rest of the village people then didn't shun that person. Got to hear about that because that was a process of prayer. People prayed for a week and then the truck arrived. So, who can partner with me in setting up a prayer group for Anna and Naam? Who wants to hear these exciting stories that I know happens every day and then there are stories that you can share with others and you and your faith and your journey is enriched too. Can I just pray? Dear Lord, I just thank you. Thank you that we're a part of these missionaries' lives and that we can pray for them. Lord, I just pray that uh, as people have been sitting here, they are inspired and by the stories and that it increases their faith and their ability to pray, Lord. I, th- I pray, Lord, that that somebody will step up and support me and help me and we can work together to form another prayer group for Annul because they are doing amazing things, not just in Vietnam, but in countries from Vietnam through Asia and to Africa, Lord. I thank you that Activate has such a heart for missions and that you planted me and everyone here in this church Amen
1: Thank you Sally Wonderful you. Wonderful stories about prayer and um, I pray next week you will remember something very important Mother's Day and uh, we have a 10am gathering so it won't be 9 or 10.30 but a 10am why don't you turn to your number neighbour and say 10am mother's day gathering it's wonderful isn't it just so encouraging to hear those wonderful answers to prayer it is absolutely fantastic and it all started because our savior jesus went to the cross for us so we're going to hear more about that from donna she shares communion with us so thank you donna
3: and everybody Um, so when I was thinking about the ritual of um, communion um, after Sarah emailed me um, two things sort of immediately came to mind and and so I just thought I'd bring them I in the past I've I've taught and um, I often use one of those disco balls with all the tiny little mirrors on it And I use that as an illustration of God, that there's many, many faces to him. And I kind of just see this as just one aspect of communion. It's not the last word. So bear with me if you don't quite agree. Um, So the first thing was 1 Corinthians 11, um, when Paul talked about communion. And he said, um, the teaching I gave you was given to me personally by the Lord himself. And it was this. The Lord Jesus, in the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you, do this in remembrance of me. And similarly, similarly when supper was ended, he took the cup, saying, This cup is a new agreement in my blood do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. And the bit that came to me was, do this in remembrance of me. And I thought about when someone passes away, when I go to their funeral and I remember them, a lot of their good works are talked about, but what stays with me usually is the essence of the person. When you read about these tragedies, people always say, what a lovely person they were, how joyful, how giving. And they talk about their character, and so I wondered if the man of Jesus was also asking his disciples to remember him, remember him as a person. And then the second thing that came to me was Jesus um, said in John fourteen nine, If you have seen me, you have seen the Father. Jesus was part of the Trinity. He is the, a part of the Godhead who came and permanently became flesh. He permanently became the face of God to us. So when we remember Jesus, we remember his character. That's the character of God. So yes, he did wonderful works, and he died on the cross, and we're saved because of that. But being saved is the start of developing a character that is like God's. So I'd really challenge you as you take the emblems what do you know of Jesus' character? Have you read the New Testament just to figure out what kind of guy he was? Or do you read it because of the promises or what you can get or even just how to live your life? And I'd really, um, if you can if you can think, you probably can think of some kind of things he did, but I'd encourage you to read the New Testament to know what kind of man that you're following And secondly, he broke a piece of bread that was communal. It was a very humble um, element. Everybody had it on their table. And he took wine, which was a very humble element. There was no hierarchy in that. You could have been rich or poor around his table. You broke of the same bread and you drank of literally the same cup. So as we take these elements, Ponder his um, character and remember that we are one body. There's no hierarchy here. There's no more important, more holy, more special. Let's do that for a moment. Just taking your own time. Father, I thank you that we are able to be one body. I thank you that your word even says, we're members one of another, which is a mystery to me. And in some ways, perhaps it's like the Godhead who are all individuals yet one God. Jesus, I thank you that you took it upon yourself to become man and to be forever my kin, my my blood relative. And Holy Spirit, I thank you that you can companion us as we learn to walk and become more like Jesus, more like our Father, in Jesus' name.
4: Sing it one more time, eh? Sing it as a prayer this time. Sing it as a prayer. I thank you that you've made way for our salvation. I thank you that you walk every moment of every day with us, that we can walk with you, that you've called us to journey through life with you. Father, I thank you that you're interested in every detail of our lives. I thank you that you know as we rise, as we lie down again, we know every moment in between. I thank you that you care about the details. I thank you that you have a plan and a purpose. Sounds like I'm the only one praying. Come on. I thank you that you have a plan and a purpose for us and it is a good plan and it is a good purpose. I thank you that you've seen our loved ones around us. You know the state of their lives, Lord, and no matter what that state is, that you want to see them in relationship with you. You want to see them walking with you. You want to see them in health. You want to see them lifted up. You want to see them praising you. I give you praise this morning, God, that you have everything in hand, that there is no surprise for you. You're a good good God we praise you we thank you we honour you in this place this morning in Jesus name Amen Amen well it's lovely to see you this morning why don't you take a seat thank you team beautiful I love that song I love both of those songs actually wonderful well I'm looking forward to today a couple of things I want to mention to you before I get started. We've had the um, experiment we've been trying out at a Wednesday night gathering, see how it goes for the last two months. have had a great time, just to be straight up, it's been awesome, I've loved hanging out with the people that have been there. Um, we've, continued, we've decided not to continue that gathering, uh, but I've got something very, very special planned instead. Every Tuesday night, 7.30, we're going to pray together. Every Tuesday. So instead of doing the gathering, as we were doing on the Wednesday, because we have our corporate prayer, momentum prayer, every month on a Tuesday night, well, now, starting from this Tuesday, we're going to meet and we're going to pray. And I, look, we're going to start in the prayer room, but I believe I'm absolutely passionate about this And I am carrying a strong conviction that our prayer meeting needs to be the best attended meeting of the week. Better than Sundays. If every person who is part, I know the numbers because we've just done the stats. If every person in our church showed up on a Sunday who calls themselves part of Activate Church, we would fill this building twice. If every person showed up. Why, can we not pack this, why can't we pack this building on a Tuesday night for prayer? Because, you see, if I bring in a great speaker, people will come out. If I brought a great band, people would come out. Well, Tuesday night, prayer is all about Jesus. And if Jesus can't get an audience with his own church, I'm about to speak into that this morning, we've got problems. We've got problems. So every Tuesday, 7.30, we're going to be praying together. Does that sound all right? Yes, yeah. Great. Most of you are looking at me like stunned mullets. You'll be right. You'll be right. Just stir a bit of passion up in you somewhere. You'll get it. Um, I want to reendorse endorse also um, what um, Pastor Ray said about Shane Willard coming. He's, um, he's a personal friend of mine. And uh a great teacher. Shane is a very provocative teacher. He will say, you'll either love him or hate him. There's probably no in-between. And you will, um, he will make you think. And I always say to people, I, whether you agree with him or not is beside the point. Don't worry about that. He will make you think. And he'll make you think through the issues. And particularly, I've got him coming this year because I'm really, really concerned about our older high school teenagers and those who are going into varsity. The statistics of people who walk away from their faith in the early years of varsity are horrendous. Absolutely horrendous. And the research I've done would indicate that a lot of that is because they haven't been um, equipped to answer some of the questions that are given to them in that environment, and it really trips them up. So I've asked Shane to come in, and on the Saturday, what was the time? Do you have the time? 10 till 3 on the Saturday. Anyone's welcome, but he is aiming. those. those he'll be with us on the Sunday as well, but though that Saturday will be aimed at um, the senior high schoolers and varsity students and young professionals, and he will be equipping them how to answer the difficult questions when they're asked. So you're in the middle of a lecture, and someone throws out a really curly question at you, he will be equipping how to answer those questions and how to stand firm in your faith. And look, I think every person associated with the church, particularly in that age group, really should come and be part of that. Uh, it's the, I, I'm certainly not the person to equip you in that area, but he is. Let's pray, shall we? Father, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for the great opportunity we have as we come before you together, just a part of your church, gathering together in the name of Jesus. And Holy Spirit, my prayer is this morning is that I get on your wavelength, and my prayer this morning is that uh, you shift something. I know you want to shift something. I know you want to bring a significant change in the culture and the life of our church, of Activate Church. And this morning, I pray, would serve as a marker in the sand for you. And I ask for open hearts, open minds, open ears. Any religious spirit that would find itself in this place this morning, I command you to go in Jesus' name. You're not welcome. But we open our hearts, we open our ears for you to speak, Holy Spirit. So speak, please. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, Well, I was in um, India recently, and I discovered shortly before I left that um, I knew I was going to a conference, but I uh, as part of what I was doing with an organization, but I d- discovered shortly before I left, as you do with india hey you 're going to the conference you 're the speaker or one of them and um, <clears throat> so I was notified fairly late in the piece that I was going, and I was scrambling to get some thoughts together and I got this email, which was an interesting email. So I was going with our overseeing minister, Wayne Swift. And Wayne said, look, you can speak on anything you like. We later decided we were going to speak on the the book of Acts. He said, you can speak on anything you like, but I advise you not to speak on prayer. Because we haven't got a clue about prayer compared to those guys. They will run rings around us when it comes to prayer in every way. So best you don't go there if you don't want to look silly. What a sad email. What an incredibly sad, it was true, but what a sad email. You know, you're going somewhere to minister, but hey, let's stay away from prayer, which is one of the big four, because look, they're going to run rings around us there anyway. So while I was over there, I met... This lady, her name is Sangeeta. Sangeeta. And I met her at the end of a graduation. We had just done a graduation service for a hundred plus church planters who had been sent out. They'd just been a year in Bible college, been equipped. They were doing the graduation service. The next thing on the agenda was to get given their bike and their Bible, and they were off to plant churches. I talked about it a few weeks ago, and, and you know, some of them won't come back. They've got stories of ones who have gone out and have been martyred. Some of them won't go back. Most of them will suffer some kind of persecution while they are out doing what God has called them to do. And we were having testimonies one night. I think it was, in the conference, and this lady stood up, and you can see she's not a very big lady when she's standing beside me, because if you listen to my sons, they would tell you I'm short, which I'm not. I'm normal. They are freaks of nature. I am normal, of normal height. Um, Anyway, she is shorter than I am. Um, And she gets it, and she stands there, and she starts to share her testimony and There's no elegance uh, or eloquence about the way she's speaking. She's just blah, 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 and it's been translated. She says, my husband and I went and planted a church. I, I didn't hear how many years previously. My husband and I went and planted a church. It's been really, really tough. My husband was beaten severely. Broken bones, broken ribs, broken and left. He healed over time and we carried on planting churches. I think they've planted, I think someone told me around 50 churches. We kept planting churches. Then one day my husband had a heart attack and died. Leaving her with, at the time, two small children. She must have been pregnant because she's got three small children now. And she was weeping, and I'd never seen an Indian lady publicly weeping. You could tell that she was, she felt absolutely called by God to do what she was doing, but at the same time, she was absolutely heartbroken and devastated. And she was weeping, in between the tears, as you know, she was giving her testimony. And she says, "My husband dies, has died. I've three small children, but I keep serving God. I keep planting churches." And I thought, far out, far out. Sangeeta became a hero for me right there, and <laughs> right then. I thought, my goodness husband's beaten. Well, First of all, they go to a village where they don't know anybody, don't know anything with their bicycle and their Bible. And they start to infiltrate just by serving and loving the village. And they start to teach and they plant a church. And he gets beaten for his efforts. I wonder how many of us would keep going if next week you shared the gospel with someone at work and the whole office turned around on you and kicked you silly, breaking your ribs and breaking some bones and everything else. You'd have a little whinge, no doubt. He heals and he keeps going. And then he dies. Where's God in that? He dies. But yet she keeps going. She keeps going. And I thought, wow, I'm so privileged to be connected with people like this. You are so privileged to be connected with people like this. And I want to encourage you this morning that when it gets a little bit tough, don't give up. Don't give up. She prayed passionately. And I was incredibly stirred. And today I want to talk about building a house of prayer. I want to talk about building a house of prayer. I know I'm meant to be doing Ephesians series. Um, I may or may not get back to it. We'll see what happens. But I feel absolutely convicted by God to pursue what he's asked us to do. God has asked us twice prophetically, very, very clearly as a church to build a house of prayer. The first time we responded the best way we could, we changed the way that we do quite a lot of stuff because we really wanted to make prayer the value. But I believe that as God's asked again, I didn't get any sense of being growled in it, but what I sensed is that he's saying, that's great, you went sort of here. What I'm asking is that you go here. You turn the culture of the church on its head and that you build me a house of prayer. And so I believe passionately that that's what God's asked us to do, and um, that's what we're going to do, and that's what uh, I'm going to talk about today. The Bible prayer is, is in just dozens of places. I've got so many verses here, I could just read you verse after verse after verse, and I'd run out of time. But 1 John 5, this is the confidence we have in approaching God, that uh, if we ask anything, According to his will, he will hear us. Colossians, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. Jeremiah 29, then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen. Traditional KJV type translation says, if you will humble yourself and pray, I will hear, I will listen. Psalms 145, the Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. Matthew 6, but when you pray, not if you pray, but when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your Father who is unseen, then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. James 5, therefore confess your sins to each other and pray. For each other, so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And I could go on and on and on with verses of scripture about prayer. But this is the one. Well, let me tell you before I read you this verse why I'm feeling so convicted about this. I I have an absolute conviction that the measure of discipleship is obedience. I don't care how you want to measure obedience, um, sorry, discipleship. Uh, If you can find me a measure of discipleship in the scripture that is anything other than obedience, please show me because I cannot find it. Disciples are obedient. So God has told us very, very clearly, build me a house of prayer. I'm going, okay, Lord. Discipleship is obedience. Let's do this. Whatever it looks like, whatever it's going to look like, not quite sure, but let's go on this journey. Let's build this thing together. Let's become people of prayer. Matthew 21 says this, Verses 12 and 13, it's also repeated in Luke 19 and Mark 11. It says, Jesus entered the temple and began to drive out all the people buying and selling animals for sacrifice. He knocked over the tables of the money changers and the chairs of those selling doves. He said to them, The scriptures declare, my temple will be called a house of prayer but you've turned it into a den of thieves. I've spent a lot of time thinking and praying about this verse over recent times or these verses, and just let me pull it apart a little for you. He starts by saying, Jesus entered the temple, and then he says, my temple. The temple is the holy place. It is the sanctuary. It is the residence of God. It is the place where God dwells. That's what the temple is. So Jesus entered the temple, and he began to drive out the people who were buying and selling animals for sacrifice. He knocked over the tables of the money changers and the chairs of those selling doves. The word selling literally means bartering. And the word buying literally means the the marketplace. So he walks into this environment... He walks through the gates of the temple into the outer court, and he walks into this environment, which is literally alive with the street market. And if you've ever been to India or China or Asia somewhere or eastern countries, and you've been into a street market, you know the kind of vibe that's there. It's busy. It's loud. It's hustling. It's bustling. There's people everywhere. It's normally hot and stinky. In this case, it would have been hot and stinky because they are selling animals. That's what they're doing. And you've got to understand that when he walks into this environment, he doesn't just see that. What he sees is people have been ripped off. What he sees is an institution that's risen up and is actually keeping people away from God, the very institution that was put in place to connect people with God. And so he walks in there, and there's... Priests, and they would be checking the animals that people have bought to for sacrifice. But they're not doing it honestly. They're just looking for one blemish, any fault they can find or make up, which will make that animal not worthy for sacrifice. But don't worry. We just happen to sell animals here on the side. So I'm sorry, yours is no longer worthy for sacrifice. So yours has got to go, but come with me. Here we go. We've got whatever you need here. Beast or a lamb or a pigeon. Right here. And you can buy it off us for exorbitant rates. We will only charge you four times the going rate for the privilege of buying it off us at the temple. Now, you've also got to understand that in the temple at those times, they had their own currency. It wasn't the currency of the city. It was the temple's own currency. So not only were they selling... These animals at exorbitant prices, but then you had to do the exchange rate deal, which was just a total rip-off. Incredi- they were just ripping off. So they had turned what should have been an incredibly intimate moment for people, coming to pray, coming to connect with God. They had turned it into this racket, this money-making venture. Den of thieves, the Bible says. Den literally means a cave, a hidden place. Thieves means the head of rebellion. So they had taken this environment that was put in places sacred to help people connect with God. And they had turned it into this crazy, distracted, busy, dishonest environment that any person with an eye could have seen straight through that kept people from God. And so Jesus comes into this environment and he confronts it. He goes, look, this is wrong. And then he speaks truth. He says, this is wrong. This is crazy. He starts throwing over the tables and all those things and, and is angry. He says, this is wrong. He confronts a situation and then he says, but the truth is, My temple, my temple will be called a house of prayer. You've turned it into a den of thieves, but my temple will be known as a house of prayer. The place set aside by God for people to connect with him had become A corrupt place of evil. And the very culture he had put in place for people to connect with him was now being used to stop people connecting with him. I would be brave enough to say that any religious pursuit stops people connecting with God. This was the ultimate expression of religion gone bad. Religion is about relationship. That's what it's about. John 10.10. The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. You look at that environment that was set aside for people to connect with God, and what had happened? The thief had been involved. Actually, it was a den of thieves. There you go. Don't even have to guess. But I come that you would have life and have life in its fullness or life more abundantly. That is relationship. That's the result of connecting with God. Yet. Everything had been put in place so that people didn't connect with God. Interestingly, in verse 12, it mentions that he um, knocked over the the chairs or removed the, the people that were selling the doves. I think it's interesting that doves is used specifically there because doves speaks of a number of things, but the dove was the sacrifice that the poorer people could afford. So straight away, You see Jesus' horror at the situation because the poor are being exploited. God cannot stand people being exploited, particularly the poor. The poor were being exploited. And secondly, the dove represents the Holy Spirit. This peddling of the symbol of the Holy Spirit, the selling, this commercialization of the symbol of the Holy Spirit, I suspect that got under his skin. Somewhat. He was not impressed. Jesus was not impressed at all. No exploitation of people ever pleases God. And particularly in the name of religion. You want to get God's back up? You exploit people and call it religion. You want to know what fighting God's like? You'll find out quickly. But I love the way Jesus came in. Jesus confronted and then he reestablished the truth. Jesus entered the table, temple. He began to drive out the people buying and selling the animals for sacrifice. He knocked over the tables of the money changers and the chairs of those selling doves. He said to them, The scripture declares, My temple will be called a house of prayer. You have turned it into a den of thieves. See, here's the deal. He would have come up to the temple, and all the outward signs would have looked fine. Because there's a wall around it. All the outward signs would have looked great. There is the temple. There is the place of God. There is the place where people connect with God. There are the the ones in there are the ones who love God. The ones that are in there are the ones that are serving God. It would have looked really good. But the second he walked through the gate, he would have gone, oh, my goodness. There is nothing in here resembling God. It might have the pretense of being of God, but when I get through the gate... The reality is that it is so full of clutter, it is so full of busyness, it is so full of deceit and dishonesty and personal gain that actually there's no sign of God inside. So he said, build me a house of prayer. I wonder what this means for us today. I wonder what this means for you today. God saying to you when He says, "Build me a house of prayer." What's God saying to us when He says, "Build me a house of prayer"? What's God saying to me when He says, "Build me a house of prayer"? What's God saying to you when He says, "Build me a house of prayer"? What do you mean, what's he saying to me? Surely that was about the church. You didn't think he was talking about the church, did you? You did. He's not talking about the church. He's talking about the temple. He never said the word church. He said the temple. 1 Corinthians 6 says, Do you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? He's talking to you. He's talking to me. And do you know what? I reckon when he pushes past the good-looking, smooth exterior that looks very godly, wears the label Christian and pushes into the courtyard under the skin, what the heck's he finding there? I can't answer the question for you. I'm asking you the question. What does he find in there? Because I believe, and the evidence would say, that the Western church, the New Zealand church, is sick. The evidence would say that the Western church, the New Zealand church, is not a biblical representation Of the church. What's he find when he pushes into you? What's he find when he gets under the skin in you? When he clicks into your head and has a little look. You godly saint you on a Sunday morning. What's he find really going on in there? Because I think if we're really, 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 really honest with ourselves. We might discover there's a bit of trading going on in the temple. We may discover that what's going on in here, what's going on internally, doesn't reflect what's going on externally. And there's only one way to fix this, and that is build me a house of prayer. Build me a house of prayer. New Testament Christianity, New Testament disciples Pray. The top four. It's the top four. They pray. It's what we do. I wonder how many of us need Jesus to confront us. Well, maybe that's what he's doing this morning. But then he speaks truth. He says, come on. Come on. Make a shift. Let me shift you. Let's start to get your values where my, his values are. Acts chapter 2. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to sharing of meals. Fellowship is the word kono- kononia. kononia. That's not quite how you say it. It just slipped me how to say it. Kon- konia, thank you. And, and, and that, that means an Intimacy. It means a oneness. It means a doing life together. It means a family. It's more than just being part of a crowd. It's doing it together. So, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to sharing of meals. When's the last time you had someone in your house for a meal? Including the Lord's Supper. And to prayer. There's the top four, if you like. Apostles' teaching, fellowship, sharing meals, including the Lord's Supper, and prayer in prayer. That's what the church looked like in Acts. That's what they were doing when they were gathering together. They were praying. They were praying. So I asked myself, why is it so hard to get people willingly without putting an arm up the back to engage with prayer? I'll tell you why it's so hard, because the devil's done a job on us. The last thing he wants you and I doing is praying. It is the last thing. I will be the first one to put my hand up and say, "Prayer is the hardest work. It is the hardest work. Prayer." I I don't know how many times I sit down to pray and I really want to be there to be. I want to be there, but I don't want to be there. I want to be there, but I just it would be really easier if something diverted my attention. Because prayer is really hard work. We are battling in the spiritual. We're battling and we're battling and we're battling and it doesn't come for free. But I am absolutely convinced I'm carrying great sense of conviction that God wants to build a house of prayer before he wants to do anything else with us. And until we get prayer as one of the or the fundamental value as a church, nothing will change. We can keep saying, wherever, whenever, be like Jesus. That's good. But if you're not undergirding it with prayer. We can say we want to touch our city. Well, that's great. But if it's not undergirded and planted and, and, and developed from prayer. We can do global missions. Fantastic. We're called to do that. But if it's not undergirded with prayer. We're just fooling ourselves. Because it's not going to carry any power. We'll do what we can do in our own strength, with our own ability. But the whole thing is God wants to use you and I in situations and positions that we can't do on our own. He wants us to be reliant on His Spirit and His power, not our own. If you feel like you're getting a bit punch drunk, I'm not pulling any punches this morning. I'm saying it as it is if you didn't work that out. You've been asleep. How many of our internal lives are different from the external lives? Well, I would venture to say all of us. Let's put no one on a pedestal. We're all dealing with stuff. We're all growing. We're all working through stuff. But that is the invitation of the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what it's about. That's the process of discipleship. That's the fruit of a house of prayer. That is the purpose of mission, that Jesus we uh, joins us or we join him in the journey. And slowly but surely, he turns us into his likeness, his character. Slowly but surely. So if you're sitting here today and you're thinking, no, no, I'm sweet on the inside. You're not looking hard enough. Because, you know, unless you're Jesus, you've still got room to improve. I will be the first one to put my hand up and say some days are just a wrestling match inside my head. Some days are exhausting inside my head because I know what it should be and I know what it is. But Jesus is taking me from glory to glory to glory and it's a lifetime pursuit and I think I've still got quite a way to go. As many years as he can give me and more. He's preparing me for eternity. I happen to believe that I will retain the same personality in eternity. So he's working out some of the kinks now. It says I get a new body. It doesn't say I get a new personality. So he's going to work the kinks out here now. Where's that birth? In prayer? He will renew my mind, it says. He will renew my mind. But I've got a part to play in that. You've got a part to play in that. First of all, when I was praying and thinking about this, I, I, had a, I thought, man, this is the church of Laodicea he's talking about. You know the church of Laodicea in Revelation? You're neither hot nor cold, so I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. It's pretty savage. And then the more I thought about that, I thought, no. No, I don't think that's right. I think it's more a case of, The Western Church is the Church of Sardis. Or maybe we're the Church of Sardis. Revelation. Two, I think it is, or three. Two. I know all the things you do and that you have a reputation for being alive. You've got an awesome global mission. I'm expanding now. You've got an awesome... Global missions program. You've got these wonderful ministries to the community, Community Link and ATC, and you're encouraging people to be Jesus wherever and whenever. You've got the flashing lights in a nice building. You've even got LED screens in church. My goodness, you have a reputation of being alive. But you're dead. Wake up, strengthen what little remains. For even what is left is almost dead. I find that your actions do not meet the requirements of my God. Go back to what you heard and believed at first. Hold to it firmly. Repent, turn, and turn to me again. If you don't wake up, I will come to you suddenly as unexpected as a thief. When I read that, you could read that and freak out and go, whoo, far out, because it is, whoo, far out. But I read that and I go, here is an invitation to pray. Here is an invitation to make the first things the first things again. Here is an invitation to build me a house of prayer. Now, as I've wrestled with this whole house of prayer thing, one of the things that... You know, they go through your mind and going, okay, Lord, well, we'll just put heaps of prayer meetings in the agenda. But that's not what he's asking for. I carry that as a conviction now, not a good idea. It's not what he's asking for. Because the corporate prayer of a church will only ever be the overflow of the the body, each person in the church. And he, when he said, build me a house of prayer, is talking to us corporately, but he's extending an invitation to every single one of us individually. Build me a house of prayer. So in case there's any doubt, I'm speaking to you. Build me a house of prayer. I'm speaking to me. Build me a house of prayer. And then the overflow of that will start to build a culture in the life of the corporate church, that you watch what will happen. My goodness. Things we've dreamed about, things that have been prophesied, things that have been spoken about, things that are in your heart that you've never let come to the surface yet, they will start to take place because it's going to be built on an incredibly solid foundation and understanding that prayer works. Prayer is God's way. It's the hardest thing to sit there praying about something when you know you could be out there trying to make it happen. Well, sometimes it's both ends, isn't it? But pray. pray. And God is stirring and stirred me in this like, I, I would say I am more passionate about prayer right now than I've ever been in my whole life. I would, I would say in my whole life, I have never seen with my spiritual eyes the lack of effective and fervent prayer in the body of Christ and I am the results of it. Because you can work really hard, but without the power of God, you're just working hard. We can work really hard, activating community transformation, but without the power of God... We're just working hard. And at the end of the day, I love the things we're doing, okay? So don't get me wrong. I love ATC. That, it's absolutely phenomenal. Our ministry of ATC, Vision College, training. Brilliant. I love Community Link. I love what's happening there. But at the end of the day, if that's the legacy we leave, we've missed the boat. Because firstly, we are called to leave a spiritual legacy, and to leave a spiritual legacy, it's got to be birthed in prayer. It's got to be birthed in prayer. Wouldn't it be nice if you left your workplace or your club or whatever and the reputation you left was, oh, that person prayed. Oh, yeah, that one. yeah they prayed. If you can't talk to them and tell them about anything, the first thing you do is say, can we pray for that? The reputation of prayer. 1 John, and if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. Acts 16, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. They were in jail. And the other prisoners were listening to them. i praying. Luke 6, but to you who are listening, I say, Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. Pray, pray, pray. I've run right out of time. This morning, can I encourage you to allow God to confront you? Don't try and put up the wall. Oh, flip, that's too uncomfortable. Because it is uncomfortable. It is. Call it what it is. It is uncomfortable. Jesus wants to confront us. The Holy Spirit wants to confront us. But then let Him minister truth. Because He will confront in one hand and He'll pick you up with the other and say, Come on, we can do this together. Come on. I'm not asking you to do this by yourself. We can do this together. Come on, let's go on a journey. Let's do this together. Let's do this together. I've, I've been a prayer. I, I, um, I find it. Easy to have a conversation with God all day. That's my preferred prayer style. I just in and out all day. You know, pick up where I left off, have the conversation, ask the questions, listen to the answers all day. I love that, but I've felt a real conviction over recent times that I need to spend more focused time. Now, I find that really, really hard. My brain, man, trying to keep it going. And Ray Andrews, you know the counselor we have in? He, He... did my personality profile and he pointed at my head and he said oh my lord he says it's Star Wars in there (laughs) I find it really really hard to stay focused on one thing I'm all over the place but it doesn't mean I shouldn't do it I've got to do it and so I'm employing a prayer list to try and keep me on focus make sure I cover the things I need to cover I find it really really hard but I'm trying I'm doing my best. I'm taking it to a new level. I want to encourage you to go on the journey with God. You've been confronted with truth. Now go on the journey with Him. Let Him pick you up. Start to develop your prayer life. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, this is the journey He wants you to go on. He died on a cross so that we can have relationship with Him. Relationship is all about prayer. Prayer is all about communication. It's about working through life with Him and doing life with Him. And if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior or you've stepped way, way back from relationship with Him for whatever reason at all, can you please come and see me at the end? Because I would love to pray with you, lead you back into relationship with Jesus Christ. Believe me, I won't be anywhere near as scary then as I probably am now i really love you to come and see me. God wants nothing more for you than to walk in relationship with him. I know I've gone over time, but I want to play you a video clip just to put one last thought in your mind before you leave today.
5: Jesus, sorry I'm late, work was crazy today. No, don't get up, it's okay. Uh, yeah, just got a little bit behind. People are being crazy, you know. That's no problem, Chuck, I'm just glad. No, you- I'm glad I made it too. But listen, let's get down to business. I have a lot of work here, a lot of requests. First things first, pastor and his wife are at a conference, keep them safe. I'm uh, uh, not a fan of the assistant pastor. The less he preaches, the better. Uh, what else? Ralph, his wife, is getting a tattoo removed. It's a stupid college party. Way back when, you know, how those things go. It's in a real painful spot. I'm not a fan of football here, but my friend is. And if I could have two tickets to take him to show him how cool I am so he'd be my friend some more, that'd be great. My dog Nibbles has a gimp leg. Chimney crickets. You know, now that I'm thinking, I could use a new jacket. I'm getting fuzzies all in this one. Please bless my sister, my mother, my father, our father who art in heaven, my neighbor, Cindy hallowed be thy name. Can you sort of train my church to clap on two and four, please, one and three? This is not disco people, this is serving the Lord. The guy who brings in my shopping cart from the thing, something I can do to get a raise. Can you read what I wrote here? I think I was was dreaming. Bless the Secretary of State, the Secretary of Agriculture, the Secretary of Secretaries, bless their secretaries. Thy kingdom, thy kingdom come. And that's what bothers me about my mother. Hey, look at the time there. That's uh, it's, uh gotta get going there. Jesus, is gonna wrap this up and say amen, amen. Uh, been the pleasure of praying with you. It's fine evening. I'll be talking with you. Have a good day. Isn't that awesome? (laughs) Let's give Pastor
1: Sheridan a hand. Thank you, Sheridan. Wonderful, stirring message for the call to prayer. Isn't that wonderful? Wow. Just think of the answers that God, the blessing that God wants to release when we come before Him with prayer. What an incredible invitation to his kingdom so um, let's stand to our feet as we close our gathering this morning reminding you that next sunday our gathering time is 10 10 a.m for mother's day that'll be a wonderful time and this evening pastor sheridan is speaking really encourage you to go shortly we will be praying for our tithes and offerings and as you give can i encourage you to give in faith and uh, as you're given the giving stations in the auditorium for you. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for the incredible privilege. It is to serve you for such a time as this. And Father, I pray as we step into church, as we step into life group, activate groups, prayer meetings, Lord, we'll be no longer a people who sit on the side and watch what happens, but Lord, we'll be people who step into the action with you. Father, we will step into the place of building a house of prayer with you. that Lord, I pray that the past, the yesterdays are yesterdays, but today is today. Lord, forgive us where we have not pulled the weight as you've called us to do, but let us embrace with fresh fervency, with fresh power of your Holy Spirit to be like Jesus whenever, wherever. Lord, as we give this morning, I pray your blessing on every giver. Lord, bless these tithes and these offerings to extend the work of your kingdom in this city and this nation and the nations. And everyone said, Amen. God bless you. Enjoy tea and coffee. If you have a prayer need, feel free to come to the front. We'd love to pray and stand with you. God bless and enjoy tea and coffee together.